This is the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast Show, hosted by Bo Finley and Brant Walker. Welcome back to another episode of the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast. If you've been following along with us, you know that we just got through doing our rookie rankings from the quarterback all the way through the tight end positions. We ended last week's tight end ranking episode with a three-round mock draft where Walker and I drafted um, uh, players from the rookie pool. Um, this week, we're going to kind of get into uh, what we alluded to last week with uh, some risers and fallers of uh, uh, free agency. And then we're going to uh, end the episode with uh, some sleepers that we have for the upcoming season before the draft hits. Um, so, Walker, if you're ready, let's get right on into it. Um, one of the the uh, the risers that I have written down here um, that you're going to be a big fan of because you you own a lot of stock in this guy. You were disappointed in him last year. Is is Kenny Galladay? You know, he signed that big four year, seventy two million dollar contract uh, there with the New York Giants. He gets to uh, join forces with the likes of Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, um, Darius Slayton, John Ross, uh, Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph, and he gets to go to a young quarterback in Daniel Jones. Um, for, the, for for me and me for me in my eyes, this is a win for Kenny Galladay. He could have signed a big contract probably and stayed there uh, in Detroit. He he thankfully avoided the franchise tag in Detroit. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think this is going to turn a new leaf in in Kenny Galladay's uh, uh, um, NFL days. Absolutely. This also brings me into a couple of my fathers. Slayton and Shepard are no longer the one and two there in New York um, because they also added John Ross. Um, so Slayton and, and Shepard, I think, will be fighting for the number two spot and the other one may find its way into the slot, but you still got John Ross there. It's going to take away some targets. So definitely those two are going to be uh, sliding down my boards a little bit here. Yeah. I, you know, while we're sticking with the Giants just a little bit, um, obviously I know he didn't, um, he didn't go anywhere, but I do uh, have uh, Daniel Jones as one of my risers um, due to the fact that New York did go out and take an aggressive approach and add Kyle Rudolph, John Ross, and Kenny Galladay. If Daniel Jones is ever going to prove himself as an NFL quarterback, um, the high draft pick that he got coming out, he's, he's going to have to do it this year. This is the year he's going to do it. Otherwise, we may see him in a similar situation to Sam Darnold next year where the Giants are looking to move on and maybe trading him to a new team. Um, I know we have several other quarterbacks. One more I want to talk about real quick before you talk about some of your quarterbacks that have risen. Um, to attack of Alalia, um, there in Miami, um, did get the addition of another huge weapon in Will Fuller. Um, they added some more offensive line pieces to, mm -hmm. to, to help him to keep him upright. Uh, Will Fuller is a, is a riser in my mind because one, he signed a one year deal. If, if two, it doesn't end up being a good quarterback, you know, Will Fuller can, can move out of Miami after one year. And let's be honest, Will Fuller is a winner in this free agency period just because he got away from that nasty situation in Houston. Absolutely. Um, absolutely toxic. Is, are they going to have a quarterback that can play week one in Houston as of right now? I don't know. Um, you know, it, that's going to, that's going to be uh, something we're going to have to monitor and keep our, keep our eye on. Um, a couple of my other quarterbacks I have for risers is uh, Carson Wentz. He gets reunited with one of his old head coaches. Um, he also gets, uh, in my mind, better weapons there in Indy than he ever had in, in Philly. Um, so he's going to, he's going to be a rise. I think he'll, he'll move his way up some draft boards. Another one is, uh, Sam Darnold. He gets a fresh start there in Carolina. I think it'll be a good spot for him. I think, uh, he gets some weapons to play with there and, 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 and he gets uh, CMC back. So he'll have a little help in the backfield too. Mm -hmm. I think a better defense than he's had in a, in a while there. So I think that'll be a, a good, good spot for him to go. 
Um, but I want to talk about some of these uh, running backs that have been and that fell down okay. a little bit with this with the free agency period. David Johnson, I mean, he was the only back there in Houston last year. Now they had Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram. Mm-hmm. Lindsay's young. Mark Ingram's a veteran. I mean, just the addition of them, they literally add everything that that David Johnson could have gave you, but now they're going to spread it between a three-horse monster. I don't know if I want to own any part of any of those backs. I myself am a David Johnson owner in Dynasty, and I don't, I, I can't shop him. Nobody wants him. No. I, I don't know what to do with him right now. I think he's going to have to just sit on my bench for a little bit, and I mean, he may become a cut candidate. Very possible, yeah. It depends on what his workload is. He, it's unfortunate that you're going to have to hold, if you're a David Johnson, a Mark Ingram, or a Philip Lindsay owner, you're going to have to hold him until you see what that that breakdown of that backfield looks like. Uh, and, and that's not a situation – truthfully, I don't want to own anything to do with Houston at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if you own Deshaun Watson, you're kind of stuck. You're, you're kind of handcuffed there. Uh, but, man, I, there's just not a whole lot looking good there in Houston at this point. Um, I, I have um, a, a faller here too, um, and it's not nearly sig- as significant as some of the others we're going to get into. But I have DeAndre Swift taking a small hit um, and the fact that they, the Lions added Jamal Williams – um, we all know DeAndre Swift is really good at catching the ball out of the backfield, but so is Jamal Williams. Right. Um, you know, uh, Dan Campbell did make the comment that he wanted to see DeAndre Swift spread out, play the slot a little bit too, which could add more value than it could take away. But I'm definitely going to keep my eye on that Detroit Lions backfield. Um, Detroit is another situation that I don't really want to add anything to. But obviously, if you own DeAndre Swift, you're not going to move him at this point. You're not going to give up on DeAndre Swift as young as he is. Um, but the Jamal Williams edition did make me a little uh, leery of DeAndre Swift just due to the simple fact that Jamal Williams is very good at a lot of the same things that DeAndre Swift is good at. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely could see that. Another one that's going to take a small hit in my mind is Antonio Gibson there, Washington mm-hmm. football team. With the addition of Lamar Miller, who could possibly be a camp cut, not sure really what his role is going to be. The biggest issue there is they added Curtis Samuel, who catches the ball to the backfield, who will run the ball. He does the reverses. He does all the gadget plays that we saw Gibson doing last year. So he's going to take away some of that work. He's going to take away some of that pass catching there. So uh, Gibson's going to take a small step back. I think you're still looking at him at the wide, uh, wide receiver, at the running back uh, two or three numbers there. Mm-hmm. I, I think he, he'll be a safe uh, safe floor guy, but I his ceiling may have been brought down just a little bit by the addition of Curtis Samuel there. Yeah, I, I could see that. And it's weird to say that due to the fact that Curtis Samuel is a wide receiver. Um, which I'll, I'll talk about Curtis here in just a split second before we move on to the next running back. But, yeah, I, I do think that you will see Curtis Samuel used. Um, Curtis Samuel didn't have a lot of success in his time with Ron Rivera, but I think um, Matt Rule and his, his uh, and Joe Brady last year may have shown the keys to the Ferrari when you talk about Curtis Samuel. Mm-hmm. And if Riverboat Ron is, in, is as smart a coach as we all know him to be, he's going to do some of those same things to get Curtis Samuel the ball in his hand in space. And some of that's going to hurt Antonio Gibson. It can't not hurt him. Absolutely. Okay? Um, but but speaking of Curtis Samuel, I have Curtis Samuel as a riser um, in, in uh, free agency. One, he walks into a, a spot to be an easy wide receiver. Two, opposite of Terry McLaurin. I, I, I'm, we're still not really sure who's going to be the starting quarterback in Washington, but there's going to be more opportunity um, for Curtis Samuel to have 100 receptions or 100 targets. I know last year um, with Teddy Bridgewater, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, and DJ Moore all had over 100 targets last year. You don't see that a lot happen a, a lot of times with three wide receivers, but it's a lot easier for two wide receivers 
to have 100 targets. So I think Curtis Samuel's value is going to stay similar to where it finished last year, but it's good for him in his career to have moved. Absolutely, I think so. I have actually um, the Washington wideouts with the addition of Fitzmagic there. They really didn't have a quarterback. They were in that carousel. I think Fitzmagic will start the season, but I think he's coming in to kind of coach uh, – was that Hink, Hink? Taylor Taylor Hineke. Hineke. I think he's going to be there to kind of coach him along. So, um, yeah, I actually have all Washington's wide receivers as an upgrade because you get Fitzmagic and you okay. get his veteran, yeah, uh, veteran skill set. That's absolutely fair. That will bring me to one of our sleepers here in a little bit also. Um, so, let's get back – I want to get back to the running backs that, yep. that were fallers. Um Let's talk, I'm going to talk about one that I feel fell just a little bit. I know you have a you have a different point of view here. I think James Robinson is going to fall just a little bit. I still think he's a valuable. Could be he'll be on the on the cusp of RB two, RB one. He'll be at that nine, ten, eleven range. But the addition of Carlos Hyde, you're not going to see James Robinson get 98 percent of the workload this year. So I think he's going to fall back just a little bit. I don't think it's going to be a big drop, but I definitely could see him falling down just a little bit. You know, so for me, I, I think. Um, I, I definitely can value and agree with what you're saying, but at the same time, Carlos Hyde is, is a good enough of a running back that it will make Jacksonville hesitate, I think, to, to add a top-end rookie uh, running back. They'll focus on some other needs, um, which I, I was – when the news broke that the Jacksonville Jaguars wanted to add um, running back competition, it made me very nervous. Um, as a guy who likes James Robinson um, – who considered trying to add James Robinson through a trade. Um, it made me nervous when they said that. I, I hesitated. I, I, I balked. I got nervous. Uh, but I think, again, Carlos Hyde will keep them from looking to add an ETN, a, a Najee Harris, uh, a Javante Williams. They may add still later a, a, a running back like Larry Roundtree or, or Rakeem Boyd or somebody late um, that won't make me as nervous. But, again, James Robinson's a big winner because they're going to upgrade the quarterback, which will open running lanes. Um, so he may be pro more productive with less work. So I'm not really nervous about him. I think you nailed on the spot where he's going to kind of be in my rankings in between the eight to 12 range, someplace in there, um, we're, which we're getting ready to start working on our rankings. I know after the draft, we'll get, we'll get in and hammer those out a little bit. Um, but I, I, I think that's right where he's going to be for me. Um, so I'm not nearly as – I guess, I don't think you're nervous about James Robinson either, um, but it is fair to say that he's going to have a little bit of natural regression with his workload. Absolutely. His production could be the same, but we'll see. Absolutely. Now, I've got three running backs here that took pretty big hits in free agency. The first two are Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake. Obviously, they got added together. Mm -hmm. Josh Jacobs' line there in, Oak, or in Vegas got blown up. Yep. Uh, and Kenny Drake's going to another uh, offense that doesn't have a line really in front of it. So I think both of those guys are going to fall out. A lot of people saw both of those going into last year, going into last year as RB1s. Coming out, they're both, I think they've both finished near the RB2. Jacobs might have still finished RB1. I don't remember off the top of my head now without going back. But yeah, I mean, first of all, it's bad enough. I was lucky in our dynasty league. I, I drafted Josh Jacobs early last year. I was able to trade him straight up for Jonathan Taylor this offseason prior to, to the Vegas Raiders blowing up the offensive line and adding Kenyon Drake. Obviously, now if you have Josh Jacobs, you're not getting the return on him that, that he's worth. Um, but uh, Josh Jacobs is a player that definitely makes me nervous because we've heard for the last two years he's a great pass catching back. We really haven't seen him catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. We've seen that he can be a three-down back 
haven't really got to see it. He's not going to get that opportunity now with Kenyon Drake. You're not going to sign a guy like Kenyon Drake and not play Kenyon Drake. Absolutely. And what is Kenyon Drake good at? The same things that they're saying Josh Jacobs is good at. Matter of fact, I believe these two are former teammates at Alabama, if I'm not mistaken. I think yes. they're on the Alabama roster at the same time. Um, and I believe when they were both there, they both shared backfield opportunities. You could see something very similar to that. Now, they could both be very successful or they could both be – very unsuccessful. I'm still going to think Josh Jacobs is an RB2, RB3. Kenyon Drake, I'm still going to say the same thing. Probably closer to RB3 for Kenyon Drake because odds are Josh Jacobs is going to be the the starter, if you will. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't want anything to do with either one of them at this point. Another name that really takes a hit, and it, it comes with an addition of a free agent and also a guy coming back from injury, David Montgomery up there in Chicago. You got Tariq Cohen coming back, who's the pass catching back. We saw Montgomery – get some opportunity without Cohen last year. But they also had a Damian Williams. And don't forget, Damian Williams had two touchdowns in the Super Bowl two years ago. Damian Williams was the number one running back two years ago for the Kansas City Chiefs who won the Super Bowl that year. He was their running back, and now he's getting added into that. I I definitely see a committee coming real, real close, and it might turn into a three-headed monster there again. Yeah, Damian Williams and uh, Tariq Cohen both have something that – uh, David Montgomery lacks, and that's breakaway speed. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh or David Montgomery is is really good about getting himself into space. He just can't stay in front of people when he does it. Yeah, Tariq Cohen and Damian Williams get into space; they're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be it'll be good for Chicago, I think. Bad for David Montgomery. I, I do have one running back um, that I I take. Well, I have a couple things. The biggest running back that I think is a riser for me is Chris Carson. Chris Carson stays where he knows. He stays in the same system. He's not going to have to relearn playbook. And on top of that, Pete Carroll fired – or didn't fire him, but got into a disagreement with his offensive coordinator because halfway through the season he wanted to go back to running the football. Mm-hmm. That benefits Chris Carson immensely. Uh, you guys were the beneficiaries of the Vegas Raiders blowing up their offensive line yes. and were able to trade for, I believe, one of their starting tackles, which is going to help the, help the run game. It will help the pass game. And Chris Carson's going to benefit tremendously from that. That's that's one of my biggest biggest risers. The other biggest riser is a, is a tie between whoever ends up being the starting running back in, in San Francisco and the starting quarterback in San Francisco, whether it's Jimmy G or a rookie. They re-signed Trent Williams to a, a six-year deal, six-year deal, and they signed Alex Mack, who is, is – I know I'm a Falcons fan, uh, but Alex Mack is still one of the more premier centers in the Absolutely. National Football League. San Francisco's offensive line just got better. That's going to that's gonna help with their zone blocking scheme that Kyle Shanahan likes to run, and their running backs are going to benefit tremendously from that, whoever ends up being the starter there. Absolutely. So right now I'm going to talk about uh, one guy that, that benefits a lot right now because of where he got added. Now this may all change in the draft. Kellyan Balazs signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the only running back or the best running back probably on their roster right now. So I think he's a riser, may not may not be a riser after the draft, but I definitely want to make sure we put that out that he's a big riser. Um, another guy that I saw as a big riser, and you're going to want to punch me in the face when I say this name, Sammy Watkins, best wide receiver on on the Ravens. Is he? Is he better than Hollywood? Uh, yeah, I think he's going to be if he stays okay. healthy. I think Hollywood will get his opportunity to break out. But I think Sammy Watkins is is proven he can be a number one. You know, I, I'll just ask this. I'm gonna I'm gonna play 
play devil's advocate. I'm I'm the 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 Baltimore Ravens right now. Can I ask a simple question? Mm-hmm. What's a wide receiver? What's a pass catcher? Do we have Do we have any of those on the roster? Yeah, yeah, you got do, two right do we, now. What? Why do do we have to throw the ball? Is that a thing? Yeah, you're gonna have to because they're not gonna be able. Because first off, I need Dobbins to break out, <laughs> but they also. Um, uh, they have to. They they can't just allow every team to key in on the run. We see what happens in the playoffs with okay. them. Yeah, that's fair. Um, one last riser I have. I've got a little bit more fallers than I do risers. Um, it, it is fantasy relevant because a lot of leagues still do it, but the defenses, the Cleveland Browns defense got an absolute shot in the arm this offseason. They added Jadavion Clowney here recently to a one-year deal. They added cornerback Troy Hill. They added linebacker Anthony Walker. They added – Tack McKinley, the defensive end, who's been added and dropped from countless rosters since the Falcons selected him 17th overall in 2017. And the biggest addition for me outside of Jadavion Clowney is they added starting safety John Johnson from the Los Angeles Rams, who's been a stud. Their defense was already really good, and it just got even better. You could see the Cleveland Browns as a top three defense in fantasy. Um, definitely, if, you, if you're in a redraft league, this is going to be a, a, a team to look at adding a defense. If you want to start the trend, this could be one that you're going to consider. Next absolutely. Year. Absolutely. Um, another guy that I have as a riser, I just flipped away from it, is Gabriel Davis. He's mm-hmm. going to take over that John Brown role there. And yes, I know they added Emmanuel Sanders, but he's definitely going to be taking over that John Brown role there in uh, Buffalo. We saw what uh, what Josh Allen's able to do. So I think he'll be on the riser board. And another guy taking over a role. And that I kind of am intrigued by is Josh Reynolds there in Tennessee right yes, now. Yes. He'll take over that Corey Davis role now, barring if they add anybody else, which I'm hoping they don't, because like I said, I'm very interested in this guy. Uh, I think Josh Reynolds has a, a very high upside this year. Um, so those are those are a couple more of my risers. Um, I know we both talked about one earlier, uh, Melvin Gordon. I want to make sure we don't don't bypass on him. Yeah, uh, Melvin Gordon's another guy we're going to hear about here in the sleepers a little bit. Um, uh, I, I have a couple more followers here. I think a, a couple big ones that we've missed, um, Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. If either yeah. of these two guys stay where they're at or sign in different spots, they're probably risers. But Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith going together in New England when their quarterback is who? Cam Newton. Uh, is, that's that's kind of gross. Jason Statham because he's probably the only quarterback. Ja- like Jared Statham. Jared Statham because yeah. I think Cam Newton's a running back. Yeah. Um, I or a fullback. God, this this I have so many mixed emotions on this because you could say, but 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 Aaron Hernandez and 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 Rob Gronkowski were great together. Yeah, they also had one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time under center. Yes. Um, yes, Bill Belichick's still there. Um, they also have Josh McDaniel, who's their offensive coordinator, who's amazing, amazing football mind. But your hamstring when your quarterback is Cam Newton. Um, I, I'm not excited about either of these two. I know you're definitely even harder on it than anybody else because you own Hunter Henry. Um, traded for him. Traded for Hunter Henry. It, it, it's just a, it's kind of a terrible situation. Um, New England's another spot where right now there's not a whole lot I'd want to want to own. Um, their offensive line did get significantly better. Their defense is going to be back, I think. So maybe their defense, maybe if you can figure out which running back is going to be the starter there, maybe. Um, but I, I'm just not really excited about anything there. I, I don't, do you have anything else you want to add about that situation? No. Uh, Henry, I mean, maybe, maybe if we're lucky, maybe Cam Newton could find that chemistry that he had with Greg Olson that one one year. 
What, but, if, if he finds that chemistry, you better hope it's with the one you own. If it's yeah. if it's the opposite way, you're kind of SOL and you may have a drop on your roster at that point. Because they both signed four-year deals, too, if I'm not uh, mistaken. One signed a three, one signed a okay. four. But, yes, they both are there for multiple years. Um, I've got I've got two more fallers that I want to talk about real briefly before we get into our sleepers. Um, Allen Robinson is a faller for me. He's, yes, he signed the franchise tag, so it's only one year, one deal or one-year deal. But their quarterback is Andy Dalton. I don't know if that's an upgrade over Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. Yes, Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson still was good, but Mitch Trubisky, to give him a little bit of credit, threw the ball to Allen Robinson a lot, a lot. I don't know if you're going to see that out of Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's not as mobile. The offensive line in Chicago didn't get any better. I don't know if Nick Foles or Andy Dalton, whichever one start, because I don't think Andy Dalton will start 16 or 17 games now um, that we have an 18 game season or a 17 game season. Uh, I, I I don't think Andy Dalton will start all those games, and I, I'm nervous that that they'll be able to stand in the pocket long enough to deliver the ball. Uh, and then the last faller I have is Juju. Uh, Juju resigned, had had opportunities to go elsewhere, resigned there in Pittsburgh, and the starting quarterback. Uh, no knock against him; he's a future Hall of Famer, but he can't throw the ball more than ten yards down the field. Um, it, it, this year in redrafts, I'm staying completely away from Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, it's not a great situation there either. No, it's definitely, definitely not. Um, yeah, I, I think because you still keep all three wide receivers, so I don't see any of them booming off the off the uh, table anytime soon. So let's jump right on into some of our sleeper, way too early sleepers that we have that we want to we maybe want to talk about right now. Yeah, and let's let let's set the, the table straight. These, these these sleepers will and possibly or possibly could and will change based on the, the results of the draft. That's nine days away at this point. Absolutely, absolutely. Go ahead and start with your running backs since I actually uh, beat the bullet on that one for well, you. All right, so my running backs, one of them that I'm very excited about that I have as my sleeper is Melvin Gordon. Um, you mentioned him earlier. Melvin Gordon was an absolute fantasy stud at his time back when with the San Diego and then the Los Angeles Chargers. He signed that deal with Denver who kept Philip Lindsay. Uh, and they kind of uh, took away from each other a little bit. Melvin Gordon's got that backfield to himself at this point. And if he can get back to what he was in 2018, 2019, he could be an absolute steal if you're able to get him. And in redrafts, I think he's going to go really late because if people are going to sleep on the name, forget about him. His his name isn't what it was when he was coming from Los Angeles to Denver. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, one of mine that I have that I – Honestly, he, he it's probably going to change, and we've talked about this. Mike Davis, he's the only running back that's has shown that he can do it. But, but with, Cordell Patterson, yeah. Uh, once again, the only running back that has shown he can do a workload. He did it. He did just fine last year for the Panthers, filling in for CMC. He's the best running back right now on Atlanta's roster. Um, so, I mean, it, Mike Davis could be a sleeper if Atlanta doesn't add a big name in the draft, which I'm. Assuming they're going to, because I think that's one of their biggest needs. But I'm, if they don't, definitely be looking I'm, at Mike Davis. I'm, I'm hoping we do. I bet you are. <laughs> yeah, you uh, were hoping that last year too, and you had a Todd Gurley. Hey, I wasn't mad about the Todd Gurley. He did just fine for us for the games that we actually got to see him play. Uh, <laughs> another, I've got another running back that again at this point it's 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 still early. Um, but Chase Edmonds, um, Cliff's Kingsbury's been saying nonstop for the last several, uh, several years that Chase Edmonds could be a three down back. Um, they added James Conner in the offseason. Um, I, I understand that. And, and, and James Conner could benefit from his addition there, too. His workload could be smaller, less chance for injury. But I, I think similarly, my argument is similar for Chase Edmonds is what it was for James Robinson. 
Um, James Conner is a good enough addition that they're not going to add a high running back now in the draft, and that should benefit Chase Edmonds come game time. Absolutely. Another one of my sleepers, A.J. Dillon. He started to show signs last year uh, that, that he could handle some of the load, and I think he's going to be taking over uh, uh, a lot of the carrying because I think they're going to be asking Aaron Jones to catch the ball a lot more without Jamal Williams. A.J. Dillon's a guy that, first off, if you own Aaron Jones, you better go out and get Dillon for your cuff. If not, I, and if you want to be that guy, go ahead and steal Dillon. I think he'll still have RB, RB2 potential. Wow, okay. Um, I'll jump into – where do you want to go? Quarterbacks Let's go quarterbacks first, right. yeah. Quarterbacks. You're a favorite guy. You absolutely love him. Uh, Tua is one of my sleepers. Addition to the line, you already hit on this. The addition to the line, the addition of Will Fuller. They built that team around him to have him succeed. I think Tua is going to have a, a great year coming up this year. Yeah, one of my sleepers, again, we talked about in this episode is, is Daniel Jones. He's, he's a sleeper because he's done nothing at this point in his career. Um, and they added all kinds of weapons around him that he should be successful, similar to what you're saying with Tua. The, the slight difference is we've seen a lot less of Tua to know whether he's going to be successful. We've seen Daniel Jones. He's got flashes. He can he can take off for the 75-yard run. He's just going to fall five yards short of the end zone. On his um, own feet. On his own feet. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I like Daniel Jones, and I think his ADP is going to be low enough that you can take a gamble on him as a second quarterback in redrafts. Absolutely. I'm going to beat a dead horse here with my other one, Carson Wentz. New place, better weapons, reunited. I'm going to end it right there just because that's all I have to say, and I've already hit on it earlier. Yeah, another another one we t- we kind of talked about, and, and you're going to laugh at me here a little bit, but he is a sleeper for, for some reasons. I've got Cam Newton, okay? The offensive line got much better there in New England. He's got, He had went from no weapons last year, Jacoby Myers, who, um, to uh, Nelson Aguilar, uh, uh, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, He's got. He went from no weapons to several, and several in the wrong spots. If you're a, a Hunter Henry or Johnny Smith owner, but that could be beneficial to Cam Newton. Uh, he's he's going to be have more time in the pocket. Um, let's see if he can complete more than three passes a game this year and throw for more than 100 yards. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm going to jump into the wide receivers. Uh, I got Tyler Johnson, second year wide out for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, they if they have not re-signed Antonio Brown. Johnson could step in and fill that void. Um, the Antonio Brown role, and he, he showed plenty of flashes in the playoffs that he could handle some of the workload from Tom Brady. So Tyler Johnson's a guy that I wouldn't mind throwing a dart at at the end of the at the end of my drafts. I think he definitely can step up and 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 be a sleeper next year. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I'm going to stick with a kind of unknown guy too. Uh, Michael Thomas is uh, one of my <laughs> sleepers, and you laugh, but but we 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 were are not so far removed from when people were talking about Michael Thomas could possibly be the number one overall pick in dynasty startups because of his age and what he's been able to do but so many people have fallen off of Michael Thomas because Drew Brees is gone and and he missed all that time last year with the injuries and and was having off the field issues with his teammates and He's he's I say he's a sleeper. He's still going to be a top ten running or wide receiver taken off the board. But if you can get him as the tenth wide receiver off the board instead of the first, the Capitals call it. If you get him in the fourth round instead of having to take him in the first, that's a sleeper because of what he's possible, what he's capable of doing. And if you look at what Taysom Hill did when he started last year, he didn't throw the ball a ton. But when he did, who did he throw it to? Michael Thomas. Yes. So Michael Thomas, to me, he, he he shouldn't be a sleeper. But yet here I am saying he's a sleeper and and. The sky's still the limit with him in my eyes. Absolutely. So we're going to – I believe if, I, if I'm if i correct, we're going to hit on two receivers from the same team. LaVisca Chenault's my next sleeper. They're in, in uh, Jacksonville. 
He gets a new coach in Urban Myers. He's probably going to use – I would assume he's going to use him in the Curtis Samuel role that you saw at Ohio State back in college. He's a speedy wideout. Should be the number two option there in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence. The addition of Marvin Jones, which will, you know, I believe that you, you're going to talk about here in just a minute, should allow Chenault to operate in that slot for more gadget plays and allow him to get some carries and some dump-off passes, screens, and everything else. I like LaVisca Chenault to really boom out this year. Yeah, I'm a big fan of LaVisca Chenault. Obviously, I own him in the Dynasty League. I've got very high hopes for him this year. Um, but I, I do have Marvin Jones Jr. as my one of my sleepers here. And the reason being is I don't think we know who the number one is there yet. LaVisca Chenault's got a lot of, of raw talent. Uh, DJ Chark's been the number one there in Jacksonville. And then you add Marvin Jones Jr., who's no slouch. And you got a quarterback coming in who's going to have to decide who he likes best, who he wants to throw to in critical situations. And that could be any of those three guys. So I don't, I don't know if there's – it'd be the easy thing to, to say is that DJ Chark should go in as the number one. That'd be the easy thing to say. And I probably wouldn't argue with you. But I would say that it, with a new quarterback coming in, a new coach coming in, a new scheme, any of these three guys, Marvin Jones Jr., LaVisca Chanel, and DJ Chark could emerge as the number one. So I'm going to take a shot and try to own at least one of them if I can in redrafts and hope that I guess on the right one, whether he's the number two or the number one. Absolutely. So I have another wide receiver, um, uh, as I talked about with the Washington football team. And uh, Gandy Golden, their wide receiver for the Washington football team. I think he's going to have a perfect opportunity to, to work out of the slot, get some get some plays in, um, be the number two target, possibly because they did add Curtis Samuel. But I, I think Gandy Golden is going to definitely do a lot more this year than we saw out of him last yeah, year. That's he's another awesome. dart throw that I'm willing to that willing to throw at and, and see if it sticks. Why don't you go ahead and start us off with the tight ends because you've got two to my one here. Absolutely. Uh, so one of the tight ends is uh, from Seattle, Gerald Everett. He is uh, the best tight end on the roster, and we don't have a real third wideout right now. Uh, but I, Everett was added to help our blocking, but he's definitely, like I said, the best tight end on the roster, so he's going to get a lot more playing than any of the others. Yeah, uh, my, my sleeper is not really so much of a, as a sleeper as it should be, again, similar to the Michael Thomas, but I have Hayden Hurst as my sleeper. Um, Hayden Hurst at one point in time last year was a top five tight end. Absolutely. Um, the Falcons – fell off at, after uh, the bye week, and and he got a lot less work than what he was getting at the first half of the season. If I know there's a lot of talk out there that, that the Falcons could add Kyle Pitts. If they do, Hayden Hurst is obviously not a sleeper. He's, a, mm. he's irrelevant. Um, he's but if, a cut candidate by then. He could be a cut candidate. Um, but if they don't add Kyle Pitts, Matt Ryan's shown a, a long history of, of targeting his tight ends, and I don't see that changing. And Hayden Hurst should be a top 10 tight end candidate again next year. Absolutely. Another guy that I think is going to creep into the top 10 is Tyler Higby there in, uh, for the Rams. He, um, he gets Matthew Stafford throwing the ball. We know Stafford does like his tight ends. Um, he's the only one there now. Everett's gone. He's the only tight end there. I think uh, you see both of those guys have an opportunity of really being breakout candidates this year. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Obviously, we're going to go through um, – another kind of sleeper segment later on in the off season. It will, we'll come up with a name for it because it's not going to be a, so much as a sleeper as guys that Walker and I personally love for, for certain reasons. Um, but again, it's, it's kind of hard to do that until the draft happens and we see where, where teams are. Who knows? Maybe um, one of these guys will make it to that. It, they definitely, there's some possibility with some of the names we've talked about um, next week, obviously is draft week guys get excited. Uh, oh, next yeah. Tuesday, we're going to go over some team needs and some things that we're looking for coming into the draft. Obviously, the following week we'll do um, the draft breakdown, things that we really like, guys that we that think we think fit really well. Um, and as always, stay hungry. Stay fat, my friends. <laughs>